0: So grateful God's given me another year to proclaim the word and to open up um, this beautiful Bible right here, a gift from my wife. Uh, that the nice new binding. I can break it in a little bit. And uh, it the leather. It smells so good. I hope that you are able to give and receive some gifts this Christmas time and, and share in the joy that comes from generosity and you know that comes ultimately from the heart of God Himself. And our Lord and Savior, who is our gift, was born at Christmas. So another year has passed and another begins, but we want to begin focusing on not things that come and go, things that are temporary. Even this space that we meet in is temporary, the homes that you live in. I'm sure there was a time in your life where you didn't live there and now you do or maybe you're you're thinking about moving down the road or maybe your your kids grew up and are out of the house and and, and things in this world are temporary transient as, as Ryan alluded in his prayer we, we pray through and think through being good stewards of what God's given us. Is is this the best place to meet? Is there another office down the road that might we might be able to lease a little bit? And, and so we, we welcome you all into that process. With, pray with us about that. If God wants us to stay here. He'll show us to stay here. If he wants us to find a little bit more permanent location to lease, he'll do that as well. But we we'll want to make sure it's a place that our entire church can grow and connect and worship. But let's look past that. Let's focus on what lasts forever. What's permanent. This gift we've received in Jesus, eternal life, as something that goes beyond 2023. Certainly has gone beyond 2022, because that's now in the rearview mirror, right? And in the new year, we look forward to all the opportunities that come along. And we might be tempted to run off and start making some goals, resolutions, some plans. And I know we all have plans. I've I've got a calendar, too. And I've got things that I'm hoping for and looking forward to in the coming weeks and months. And and we're all there. We we get it. But I think the pressure from the world is, what are you going to do different in 2023? How are you going to be a new and better you? Or how are you going to help people around you to be a better them? And the focus is on self. What are you going to do to improve your life? Because we know that approach worked so well last year, right? We all improved ourselves so much. We, I mean, people might think we're already in heaven. We're just such saintly people. We're so disciplined. You know, we've lost all the, those pounds we wanted to lose. We walked all those steps we wanted to walk. We uh, we learned that new skill or hobby that we've mastered that craft. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're always striving. We never arrive. So, What's a better way to approach the year? That's what the Lord led me to this morning. What is God's vision for the new year? God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do in my relationships, in my family, in North Sarasota, in Living Hope Church? I've got plenty of ideas and plans for this church. I've got big dreams for this church. God's got bigger ones. God's got bigger ideas. God does a deeper change. You know, I can try to preach a sermon at people and get them to turn and change the way I want them to. No, I want God to speak through his word and change exactly how the Holy Spirit wants to change. So God, we lay our lives before you here. And Isaiah 55, it it bridges the gap between our Christmas series and where we're going. Because if you remember, we looked at Old Testament prophecies for our Christmas. Our Christmas series was God's great rescue mission. We saw this rescue mission has been in the works for thousands of years. In fact, eternity past. And the prophets are telling us what to look for. And as I'm reading through the prophets, I came to Isaiah 55 and I said, this is it. This is what living hope needs. We need to fall on our knees and hear this word because it's an invitation. God is inviting us to see what he's doing. And the main point we're going to come away with today from Isaiah 55 We'll go through the whole text, although we'll spend most of our time in the first 11 verses. Is God invites all of us to enjoy His promised blessings this year? Let me say it again God invites all of us to enjoy His promised blessings this year. So, in a way, I do want to urge you all, I want this to be the most spiritually blessed. Personally enriching, reinvigorating year of your entire life. I really do. And I believe not only is that possible, I believe it is attainable. It is. I want to see God's richest blessings poured out on you, on our church, on this community to experience a depth of a relationship with God like never before, to experience his grace lived out in the day-to-day situations. But there is a proper way to do that. I'm about to read through the passage and I want you to know when you get to the blessings you'll see where the blessings are clearly laid out and the future promises but what does God call us to do in order to get to those blessings starting in verse 1 I'm read it out of my Bible here instead of my notes come everyone who thirsts come to the waters and he who has no money come buy and eat Come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear. Come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. The mountains and the hills before you shall break into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, shall come up the cypress tree. Instead of the briar, shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Did you spot the blessings? It's hard not to notice. Mountains and trees... Rejoicing and the peace of God on our own lives. But how do we get there? How do we experience the fullness of God's blessings in our lives, especially in this new year that he's given us? First of all, it's very clear. We must open our lives to the one who fulfills us. Open your life to the one who fulfills. We need God, first and foremost, before we even talk about blessings. We need the Blessed One. So we are urged to come. We are invited in. It's incredible, this invitation that the God of the universe gives to all of us. And he gave in the original context to disobedient Israelite people who worship false gods and broke God's law, ran away from him and deserved nothing but judgment. And still he's inviting them to come. You and I are in a similar spot. In our house, we've got a source of joy and, and giving of life and nourishment to our family. It's, it takes up a special location right in the center of the house. You, you have to walk around it in order to get, whatever, to get whatever room you want to. It's our kids' favorite room in the entire house. They spend most of their time coming in and going out of this. Do you know what room I'm talking about? the pantry. where the snacks are. Snacks on snacks on snacks on snacks. It's almost magical because we just can't get enough of the snacks. Right, kids? So, yeah, what, fruit snacks and applesauce, goldfish and pretzels. So, kids, I want to hear from you. What's your favorite snack in the pantry? Try this. Granola bar, it's a little bit healthy, but it's also chocolatey. Yes, Judah. Cookies. <laughs> Cookies, yes. Now that's a snack we don't have every point of the day, all right? got to act like a good parent now, right? <laughs> it's so hard turn off the snack mode, right? Anytime your belly rumbles, you want a snack, don't you? I'm starving, I'm hungry, I need a snack. Hey, adults, if we're honest, that's us too. <laughs> if there's something nearby, that's why you got to keep the sweets out of the house because it was there, you're gonna snack on it. We're just grown up kids, right? And here's the thing, it's a dangerous thing to go into snack mode and indulge yourself because you fill up on those meaningless treats and crackers and things and then you get to mealtime when you need your nourishment, you need your proteins, right? You need your veggies, you need your starches and and, oh, I don't have room because I'm full. All of these useless carbs. And that's what I want us to, to keep in mind. When God invites us into that depth and, and richness of, of blessing and a relationship with them, too many people in our world, and I fear us as well, are already too full. But we're not full of things that satisfy. We're full of junk food. We have been feeding our souls with junk Thinking it will satisfy. And God cuts right through all that junk and calls it like it is. No. You are thirsty still. You are hungry still. You're working for things that won't satisfy. You're eating things. You're consuming things with your life and dedicating your life to things that will not satisfy. At the stroke of midnight last night, when people are wishing a happy new year, there's a field goal kick going up in the Ohio State-Georgia football game. And all the hopes and the dreams of the uh, 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 Buckeye Nation went with it, and it was a terrible kick, and it did not go, and Ohio State lost that game. Did you put all your hopes and dreams in that championship? Now what? Now where do you go? Well, there's always next year's championship. You see? It's not gonna satisfy you. You yeah, are the teams that won last year, Georgia's trying to win again. Yeah. It will not satisfy. You're going to come up empty. God says, I'm going to give you a feast. I'm going to fill you up. You need me to fill you up. You're, you're starving little children. And I came to give you a feast. In fact, verse 3 tells us God can do something that the world cannot. He can feed your soul. He says it's your soul that needs life as well. Because the world can say, hey, Go make yourself feel good. Go get the house you want. Go get that car. Go after it. Use that bonus to, 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 to benefit yourself. But the world can offer nothing for your soul. Except more guilt and more shame. But God fills up even the emptiness of the human soul to make us fully what he intended for us to be. A human being that reflects the glory of God in our lives. You can't do that just in your body because we are immaterial and material. God fills up the whole in both because he's a God of independence. He's a God of substance. You look at verse two, right? He clearly says, you know, I am the one who fills you up. This is not something that you do. You know, even your faith doesn't fill you up. Your faith is receiving what I am offering, so come, come, come to me. Listen to me. That's what I can do. Acts 17.25 reminds us, if you didn't already know this, then the it teaches us, God doesn't need anything. He's the self-existent one from eternity past. He doesn't need us. He didn't create us because he has a void in his relational life. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been perfectly happy from eternity past. He created us so that we would know and enjoy him. He created us because we were the ones who were missing out. We're missing out on God, the all-glorious, all-eternal, all-loving one. And if we never existed, we would never know him or hear from him or experience a walk with him. He created us for that. He says in Psalm 50, which was the last psalm we read in our Bible reading plan this year, he says, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell my creation, which, of course, God was joking. He does not hunger. (laughs) But he said, even if I was, I want to tell you guys, I have everything taken care of. I don't need to run to the pantry like you guys. You need to run to me. Wow. So come to the eternal one. And he's the God who when we call on him, when we speak, his ear hears us and he acts. He acts to fill us up. Look at when Jesus came Even when people weren't crying for a Savior, we were still dead in our sins. He came to save. And he identifies himself as the bread of life. He says, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And the people that heard him said, oh, that's gross. That's disgusting. But we just took communion. And because of God opening our eyes and our ears, we understand what he means. If you don't have a part in the bread of life, you don't live like don't live forever. He's the living water, John 4 14. And did you notice when God says, Come, 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 He also offers us three different liquids. Did you see that? First, water. Can man live apart from water? No. We need water to live. He also gives us milk. Ask any baby, the baby understands, I need milk if I'm gonna grow. It's an essential part of the building blocks of our development. But God also promises why? Celebration. That the fruit of life only comes from God. He gives Solomon what we need and even those things that we celebrate and want and flow out of the joy of life because of his son coming on the cross. It's been purchased, this gift, this invitation has a ticket attached to it. It's not a blank a blank invitation. I I maybe maybe if you show up I've got a space for you. No, it's already paid. There's already a seat at the table because of my son. So there is a cost to this invitation, but you and I didn't pay for it. Jesus did. And that's why it might sound confusing when God says, wait, come and and even though you don't have money, come and buy this priceless yeah, how does that make sense? We can buy in through our faith because Jesus has already purchased that with his priceless blood. He's the glorious son. Verse 5. This this David, not just David, who died and is now no longer on the throne, it's the son of David, the Messiah, who came at Christmas to be our Lord, to be our God, to show us he's the Holy One. To sit on his throne and reign over the nations, so even his enemies would come. And come and worship him and bow the knee to him. But here's the catch. We have to listen. We have to listen. We have to incline our ear. So kids, my parents say, listen up. Right? You've got to turn your head a little bit. Maybe put your fingers on your ears. Listen. I want to catch all those words. God says, you've got to catch my words. You need me, and the way that you come to me is through my word, how I reveal myself, how I speak to you. This is not just a self-help book. Get a verse of the day, put it on your Facebook wall, let people think you're spiritual. Every now and then, you get a little bit of wisdom from it. This is life itself, because it comes from the author of life. And it's living and active and powerful to change our lives. So will we open our lives to allow his blessings to come in? Will we hear the word of God this year? Or do I have my mind made up? Oh, I need to go here. I need to go here. I need to fix this. I need to do this. Has God even spoken yet? He told you what he wants from to do this year? If we can sit and we listen and hear his word. Maybe you're here this morning and for the first time you're realizing, I don't know that I've ever actually heard and understood the gospel. I just kind of thought I was born a Christian, or I could kind of figure this out as I go along. And maybe you need to understand exactly what cost God to save you from your sins. That's all only received by faith. Lord, I want to invite you to put your faith in Him today and be saved. Maybe you are saved, but you're realizing, hey, if I'm going to prioritize hearing from God this year, i got to look at my calendar, and i got to remove some stuff, and I need to put in god time. I got time to help people. I got time to serve. I've got time to wash the car, and I've got time to work, and I've got time to go to the bank. And do we have time to hear from the one that makes all of this possible—the only one who gives life? Sometimes busyness can be the biggest enemy to God's deepest, most life-changing work. I want to encourage you, church, or oh, as I encourage myself: let make time to sit and listen. Time of the Word, time of prayer it's got to be a priority. It's got to be our best portion this year. Secondly, we see not only do we need to open our life to Him, but there's also an active part on the believer. Those who are coming to faith in Christ that are now in God's family, there's an active component where now we pursue after Him. We seek the Lord, and we see His goodness as we do. This is the, the first step of the believer the obedience even if you're a baby in the faith babies can crawl you know once they reach a certain age right you know metaphorically speaking we, we come towards the father he came to us first and adopted us now we come hard after him and here's the encouraging thing it's not hard to find him. you might have to turn around if you and I are facing the wrong direction and then for self you know he's right there he's everywhere you're a child of God, he's inside of you as well. Seek. Now is the time to seek him. Turn to him. Repent from sin. Repent from bad habits. Follow after him. This year, I want our church to seek the Lord. I seek growth. I seek health. I seek unity. I seek blessings. I seek good memories. We had an awesome Christmas party for our small group in early December. I want to seek more opportunities like that. You know, most importantly... I want us to seek the Lord. Because regardless of what happens in your life this year, hardships, blessings, trials, answered prayers, unanswered prayers, you're going to have one constant The one who is always near. And it's Jesus. It's always been there. And as a church, we want to make it easy and accessible for others to experience his goodness as well. Verse 7. This is our mission. This is our motto. This is our mantra as a church. Let him return to the Lord, that God may have compassion on him, and our God will abundantly pardon. So, Living Hope Church, we're fully—we want to be fully devoted to Jesus and make followers of Him. And that's what we're seven to say. Hey, go back to the Lord. Now, the way you might couch that terminology is, hey, come with me to church on Sunday. Or, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's get some lunch. Hey, why don't you come visit small group? Or, or hey, how, why don't you check out this women's Bible study starting up with me? It's just 12 weeks. Okay? Give it a few weeks. See about hearing from God and, and learning about Him. What we're doing is we're encouraging people to return to the Lord. They might become completely wicked, lost sinners. Great. There's no better time to repent and come to the Lord. They might be people that have... Stop going to church. They have a relationship with God, but they don't see a need to worship Him regularly. Let your life be a shining example to them. Hey, the Lord is so compassionate and gracious. Why, why wouldn't you want to come and worship Him? Why wouldn't you want to come and hear from His Word? Let's return to the Lord together. doesn't matter what you've done. You're wicked. You're unrighteous. Okay. So was I. And it would still be if it wasn't for Christ. Return to Him seek Him. And we can seek Him in the day-to-day. Look at verses 8-9. through Let's look back there so I can read that for us. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. It comes on the heel of verse 7. When God is willing to pardon and forgive the most wicked and unrighteous people, and you and I say, i would never forgive that person. You're, t- you're telling me that killer, that thief, that person who, who ripped our family apart, you're going to just forgive them? Because they asked you for forgiveness, God? How could you do that? God says, because I paid the price of their sin. It's already paid. And because I love and I have compassion on people, come to me and I will forgive and pardon. So we say, how can God be so gracious? He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So right now, in your day-to-day life, do you see with eyes of faith the kingdom of God at work around you? Do you see people, lost, sinful people, as the greatest need in our generation? It's not a political change. It's not climate change. It's heart change. People need the Lord. And in the day-to-day, as we seek the Lord, we know Him, and we see His kingdom work its way into our hearts and our minds and in the relationships we have around us. And here's the thing you and I would prefer big and splashy. We would prefer people to instantly repent, who are wicked and far from God. We want people to receive Christ the first time they hear the gospel. I battle that all the time. (laughs) Lord, why don't you share the gospel? They're just going to reject it. That's not how the kingdom of God works. The word is life. And as you sow seeds of life in your day to day life, you you look forward about 10 years, you have no idea what God's word will do and change because we are faithful to hear it and to do it today. I don't know. It doesn't make a big splash being faithful in your personal Bible reading, what will that pay off in the long term? Keep it up. And see what that will do. It's those daily doses of wisdom. It's seeking heaven and kingdom come over the earth and, and my day-to-day experience, what I see with my eyes and my ears. I, I was reading a book the other day called The Contemplated Pastor, and Eugene Peterson, he, uh, the, the message, I guess what would you call that? Not necessarily translation. It's more of transliteration, I guess. Uh, And Eugene Peterson wrote the message, but he's a well-known pastor and has a heart for people. And he he said this. You want to see God do a big, amazing work in your community? Here's what it's going to take. Pastors and churches that develop communities are passionately patient. And they're courageously committed to witness and work in the kingdom of God no matter how long it takes or how much it costs. We're patient, persistent. We wait for God to move. We see his ways in the day today. So wh- what does that change about your day tomorrow? It honestly might not change a whole lot on the surface. You still have to go get groceries, don't you? So you gotta pick, well, you don't have to pick up kids from school just yet, hopefully. Although, you know, sometimes, that, that is nice. That is nice when, when school is in session. But not tomorrow. Not tomorrow, okay? You still have to do the same errands tomorrow. You still got to do the same, same work. But, why do you do your work? That changes everything. If we're seeking God's way, then before I even walk out the door, I need to have an open hand. God, I need you to direct me today. I'm ready to share the love of Jesus, but I need you to show me who to share it to. I need, I need you to even time the traffic lights so I'll get there right when you want me to get there and interact with exactly who you want me to get with. Right, Ryan? Ryan is very good at observing red lights and patiently waiting for God to give him the green light to go. Hey, we all struggle with it, right? I'm impatient. I want to get there. What if our God is so sovereign he even orchestrates traffic patterns sometimes to protect us You'd like to get there five minutes earlier, maybe God's protecting you from a life-threatening crash. We do that. So before we can walk out the door, Jesus, what do you want from me today? Who do you want me to share the good news with today? What priority should I have? God, I need you. I need you now. I need you. I can't walk out this door unless you go with me. And when we do, we see him work and we see him bless. We also see that as we sow God's word. We are laying a future of hope for people in our families and in our communities. Get this. God's word succeeds. God's word will accomplish his purposes. His promises do not fail. His kingdom will not fail. Look at verses 9 through 11. It's abundantly clear. He says it over and over. My kingdom is advancing. My word brings fruit. What are you going to get with the program? And let my word be the power of your life. When will the Word be your foundation? Where do you want to see a harvest of God doing work? Then you know you've got to sow seeds of the Word there. Do we want to see our children grow up to know the Lord and love Him and walk with Him all their life? Yeah, buddy, we do. So what do we do at home? We pray together as a family. We have family Bible time. It might not always be the most fun and exciting thing going on at 730 at night. The kids might say, This is lame. Let's do something fun. Hey, I did the same thing when I was a kid. I could not understand why we're the family emotions. But now, 30 years later in my life, I get it. You're not doing it just for the here and now, you're sowing seeds for the future. So, where do you want to see God work the harvest in your life? In your marriage? In your relationship to your family, your mother, your co workers, that you could get angry and upset and fight double fire. And you're burning down the crops. Why don't we sow words of peace and love and hope and joy and truth and watch what God will build throughout our time on this earth? The most powerful testimony of God's grace is to change of life, and it only happens through His Word. So real quick here, let's look at some ways that we could sow seeds of the Word. We've already talked about a personal Bible study and prayer. That's first and foremost. You can't give out what you're not getting. Are you filled up in God? Secondly, family devotions. Or even if you don't have the, the nuclear family or some of your family members maybe aren't willing to do family devotions, find somebody in our church family or someone in the community or a neighbor, maybe someone who can't get out and go to church physically. Who's going to encourage them and bring the Word alongside them? We can be the hands of Jesus. The Word is the treasure. We can take that anywhere. Are there any unlovely people in your life right now? People you would rather get along without? Can I encourage you as your pastor? Sow a seed. Drop some scripture. Say an encouraging word. Find it in your heart to forgive them what they've done. You're not excusing their actions. You're not denying the pain and the consequences of what they've done. But you're saying, God, I know Jesus' blood can cover you this. I'll release it to you. That burden's on your shoulders, not mine. You will make all things right, and I trust you. Love even the unlovely. Share the gospel with someone this week, even if you get rejected. And look at us a church plant. A little seed laying on the ground in North Sarasota. Oh man, I don't know. Are we going to sprout? Are we going to grow? Are we going to mature into a plant? I do know one thing. If we get away from the Word, we won't. But if we stick to the tools that God has given us and go deeper in together, we will Because it's impossible to be attached to the mind and not grow. personally, or in the impact of the lives of the people you touch. And our conclusion here, I want to direct our focus as a church. I want this to be our theme all year long, and I want it to be something we live out We talk about prayer. We talk about the importance of prayer. But I'm telling you as a church, we need to pray together. And we need to pray in everything. Do we want to hear from God? Do you want to experience His fullest blessings on your lives? This year, we got here problem. all the time. Before worship, before small group, before you read your Bible in the morning. You can read your Bible apart from prayer, but I don't encourage it. Because the Word is living. You need the Spirit to help the Word jump off the page and grip your heart and change your life. Grab someone and encourage in prayer. When you tell someone, hey, I'm praying for you, take that moment and actually pray with them if they'll allow you to do that. Can you imagine how we seeds you sow just by praying, just by asking God? Do we want to see God grow us? Do we want to see him to move boldly? Do we really believe our God can part the Red Sea to create dry land where there was water? He can create everything out of nothing. He builds churches. He builds up kingdoms. He tears down kingdoms. This is our God. He keeps the world spinning and the universe and does a great job of it. Do we pray boldly like that? And in February, by God's grace, we're going to launch a second small group that's going to meet Lakewood Ranch. So some of us will be still meeting in our home, looking to reach new people and grow our group. And we're launching a second small group to reach new people over in Lakewood Ranch. Because the gospel leads to multiplication. But what's the point of multiplying if the Spirit of God is not moving through that? And showing us what souls we're going to reach through that. Then all we're doing is splitting. But if God's leading us and if He's going to recruit through this, then that's more important. So I ask you all, especially in January, to spend extra time in prayer. But we're going to have times of prayer as a church together. One is going to be the Prayer and Praise Night on Thursday night, the 12th. I want to invite you to come for that, please. And bring others in as well. And one thing also we're going to do is we are going to uh, invite you invite you to fast with us. It's a spiritual discipline of withholding all the normal food and goodies and snacks we normally fill our, ourselves up with during the day so we can hear from God. So our focus is on Him. And when our stomach grumbles, we're seeking the things to come, not the things of this world, and nothing helps us focus on spiritual priorities like fasting. So what that's gonna look like, we're just gonna try it for the month of January. Okay, I'm not asking you to sign up for an indefinite fast, but the four Thursdays in January, before we gather for small group and we pray together as a church, would we empty ourselves physically so we can be full spiritually. Can you imagine how powerful those prayer times are going to be? Our stomachs are going to be rumbling like crazy. But you know what? If you have to eat a couple carrots, if you gotta, you know, eat some bread, have something to kind of hold you, that's fine. I'm not trying to make anyone sick. If you have physical issues, you know, Make sure your doctor's okay with it first, okay? But before you listen to me, make sure your doctor's good with it. But what if we get together and we say, We bless the Lord for this world, even Jesus? Do you really think God's not going to move powerfully to a church that's humble and can try it like that? I know he will. That's what he did in the early church. I know it's what he's going to do with us as well. And one when, did you know, when you get to verses twelve to thirteen, the peace and the joy are there. They come. Because we have sought after God. We have followed him. We opened our lives to see his goodness. We sought him, and we saw it in the day-to-day and in the future. And right here, right now, he's speaking to us. And however he's speaking to you, I encourage you to respond. And if you're not sure how he's speaking to you, there's no better time to ask. But in the quiet of this moment, I'll strum a few chords on guitar and give us just a moment of contemplation. How is God calling to me how is he speaking to me where do i need to step out by faith and if you need to pray with someone to cry with someone to, to get some encouragement from another member of the flock that's why we're here There's some some great spiritual ladies around the room and some some men of god and after we're done singing i'll come down as well i'd love to pray with you and encourage you however i can whatever god's wanting to do in your life let's give him space to do that and empty ourselves